Good morning and welcome to the Real Heart Talk podcast radio. We are so happy today to have Lauren with us from across the pond. And our talk is going to be about taking a positive life stance, how to recreate your life and take your power back. We know that this all starts within. So after you experience a situation in your life that is so traumatic, how do you, Lauren, how did you, I would love for you to share your story with us, what you overcame and how you took your power back. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Um, Yes, to answer your question, um, the the issue was uh, my health. I had this, or not had, I have this um, fainting things now called neurocardiogenic syncope. I didn't get a diagnosis until four or five years ago now, but it started when I was 14. Wow. So uh, it basically, I would faint for two to 10 times a day, and that would last days, weeks, months, and sometimes years, and it would go in seasons. So um, it might flake out a little bit and <laughs> I have a bit of oh a my life. Goodness. <laughs> so you would just faint and not wake up for a week? And no, I, oh. no. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh maybe I didn't explain that very well. So I, I <laughs> gosh, that would be okay. horrific. <laughs> um what I mean by that is I would faint and if I'd when I go unconscious it would last seconds to minutes maybe five to seven minutes but then it would happen a certain amount of times a day and every time it happened it knocked me for sick so I'd either concuss myself or my energy levels just dropped my oxygen levels dropped everything dropped my it was to do with my blood pressure which we found out eventually Mm. um but yes no what I mean was it was when uh, the bad patch happened it was days weeks months or even years so yeah crumbs (laughs) it just (laughs) kept happening consistently yeah (laughs) it's like wow you're losing all your life there (laughs) um yeah so that started at 14 so but you said you just recently found out what it was so I mean how did that impact your life you know going to school or were you homeschooled or did it ever happen at school (laughs) well it was weird because it was well we just changed secondary schools I'd gone into year 10 so it was just beginning of the GCSEs and um the the fainting just started so it's new school much better school than my previous school so they were quite academically (laughs) it was academically challenged I think a little a little bit um but yeah, I spent half of my life in hospital or <laughs> so I missed a lot of school. I'm actually quite surprised I came out with some GCSEs, to be honest. <laughs> um, but yes, so yeah, so that's that was 14. And then so 2017, 2018, um, finally got the diagnosis. So they called it neurocardiogenic syncope 
and it was to do with blood pressure, heart rate, and then the messages going from going to my brain was too slow. So um, that's clearly not the technical terms for it, <laughs> but that's the gist of it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, I could I couldn't imagine you know how that impacted your life. I mean, were you able to you know, date, or, I mean, did you tell people, I mean, how did you go about your life? I mean, what precautions did you have to take? I mean, could you drive or does someone have to drive you? I mean, what, what happened to share a little bit with that about that? So, yeah, the, the driving was, I'd like to hence was my sore spot. That was, mm-hmm. yeah. Cause I, cause it never stopped long enough for me to do my driving lessons, but then in 2017 2017 it finally did I just recently divorced single mum fainting had stopped long enough for me to do my driving lessons Um, passed and I was driving I was working for a Christian charity the things the kids were the things the kids were starting to thrive Um, my relationship was God was good and life felt good. (laughs) That's good. It sounds like there's a but in there though. Yes. (laughs) Three months later, bam. (laughs) What happened? Yeah. Yeah. Big but. Um, I had another episode which was so bad I ended up in hospital in the cardiology ward for a week. Um, And the consultant told me I was not to drive anymore. So literally been driving for three months. So it was, I was, that hurt a lot. It was very painful. Um, And yeah, I had to leave work. I went on sick leave and then they asked me to resign. Um, Yeah, I literally just had everything. It's, It's weird because as I was growing up, um, so I did get married. I married after just after 2000. I met my ex-husband at college and we had kids. Um, yeah, so as, as I said, there was, it went through seasons. So I had patches where I could do normal-ish stuff. <laughs> but as I was growing up, it was my mum taking me to the hospital or or out and about. And then when I had my husband, um, I'm just careful what I say here. Um, he was in the house. Um, and a couple of other periods of time, I had friends around me to, um, I'm not saying I don't have friends around me. I I do, but it was, had someone that drove me to do the shopping or we met up with the kids or (laughs) went to the hospital and, you know, it was, it was, easier to deal with but this was the first time yes I had friends at church and friends around me but because I think well COVID hit as well and I was in such a bad way I couldn't even sit up without blacking out I'd pass out at the dinner table um it just I just became and with the then they gave me the diagnosis and actually, no, I'm thinking the timing's wrong. It was just before COVID. It was before COVID. 
and then COVID happened during it. So, um, yeah, I would have... I just lost my train of thought. That's embarrassing. You might want to... <laughs> so you might want to cut this bit. <laughs> it sounds like, you know, you had a time where you thought, you know, a season... And everything is a season, right? The Lord says in Ecclesiastes, there's a season for everything, a time and a place. So, yes. you know, you had a season of flourishing and then this came back. Um, I'm sorry to hear that you're divorced and a single mom. I was a single mom for a long time. So I know how difficult that is. And I couldn't imagine adding on top of it, you know, your illness that you had. Um, so you are a strong woman. You know, and that's how we met, right? Life on fire yep. <laughs> in the life on fire family. You know, it is uh, God's movement. And I do believe that. And I'm so happy, you know, that you're able to be here today to talk about how that this disease has attacked you personally, your life, um, your, and maybe it's even impacted, you know, your quality of life a little bit, you know, and the things that you can or can't do. And now I understand why you said you may be able to come, you know, to Life on Fire next year. And I do pray that you get, you do, that you do get to. Um, Thank you. Yes, I think that would be fabulous. So you were going through your friends helping you to, so you have someone now uh, helping you or your kids. What age are your kids now? So my kids are now 17 and 13. Okay. so back when I was a couple, uh, three or four years ago, when it was really, really bad, um, my daughter was my carer. She was cooking and cleaning. She would help me oh. in and out of the shower. She'd scrape me up off the floor. And then have to deal with my son, who would panic and get upset every time. She was, I can't praise her enough. I don't yeah. think she knows. But yeah it was she was amazing she was a little nurse nancy she her name's angel so she was a she was an angel a true (laughs) angel actually that was the first time i've actually revealed any of their names on the (laughs) interviews but um i'm sure she won't Uh, mind um yeah and yeah she was amazing little mother Teresa. but um i think that the fact that she had to do that really impacted my mental health and also at the same so a month after two months month or two after I had that episode which put me in hospital the consult my consultant finally gave me a diagnosis um called it neurocardiogenic syncope and then he went on to tell me that there wasn't a cure or treatment for it so with that and everything else and my daughter looking after me I, I just went into and having my driving license taken away. I remember this day like it was yesterday. I had a letter from the DVLA through the door saying, do not drive. And I broke down in tears, like proper, proper tears. I'd never cried quite like that. I had my Tesco, de- I don't know why I'm saying this. I had my Tesco delivery delivered, my grocery shop delivered, and I couldn't stop crying. I literally, the poor guy was sitting there. I was like, are you okay? Can I help you? And I was like, it's fine. You can't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you just need to cry like that. (laughs) Yeah. I literally had no control over it at all. (laughs) 
I think I cried for entire like for a good four to five hours without stopping that day and yeah I just I became I realized after a little while that I wasn't just grieving for like because it was weird hindsight I would never have used that word I would just think oh gosh you know but knowing looking back I, I was grieving for my drive I couldn't I loved it I only managed to do it for three months and it taken it had taken me this long to get to that point so I was grieving for that I was grieving for my freedom so from that day up until two no, the weekend just gone so three days ago I hadn't left the house on my own for three years oh wow so yeah it's usually my daughter that comes with me sometimes a friend from church mm-hmm. occasionally my dad um but yes it's yeah I don't just hadn't so and then a couple of days ago I will share this because so I usually take a wheelchair out with me when I go because well <laughs> you know um and so my kids were at home and I was like, I've been feeling a little bit better for a month or two now. I had an episode when I had an infection the other week, uh, the other month. But apart from that, I've been feeling better. And I said, well, I want to I want to go out on my own. I said, my son was like, oh, a bit nervous. Angel was like, yeah, OK, that's fine. I'll be here. Take your phone, take your wheelchair and give me a call if you get stuck. It's literally five minutes around the corner, literally five minutes there, five minutes back. That's all it took. It doesn't sound much for most people, but wow. The whole way there, the whole way back, I was like praying, like, Lord, this is fine. We can do this. I can do this with you. And it was amazing. It was so weird not having someone next to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was, I imagine. It felt a little bit freeing, a little bit mm. apprehensive, but freeing. It was lovely. So, um, yeah, so I overcame it by... Well, it was the depression that was the the key which I needed to overcome. I was self harming mm-hmm. as well. I mean, looking back, back, it's I can see that it was because I wasn't in control. I mm-hmm. I wasn't in control of my situation. I I could not do anything about it. On top of that, my daughter was caring for me. I felt like a burden. I felt useless. I felt like a useless mother. I couldn't do parents' evenings, just the things that parents do, take their kids out for the day. I couldn't do any of that, and it was horrible. I could just about our days with the kids was watching a film or playing a board game, and that's fine and that's nice. Um, and But, yeah, my kids are my life, and that was my massive reason why I became depressed I, I I couldn't be who I felt like I should be and it took a long time to reach that point I mean even now I'm still like I, I, I still have a counsellor I'm going to be open with that but God God what he's done with my mindset has just been phenomenal and I talk about it on my keynote speech. It's, it's about our focus. It's about our mindset. So it began. So answer to your question. Um, sorry, some water. Sure. How did I overcome that? I was fed up of feeling that way. Uh, I knew that 
I couldn't do this that, and the other, but I also knew that I didn't want to be in that pit anymore. Mm-hmm. So I, I literally, I, I threw myself on the ground. I cried my eyes out and I prayed and I shouted and I spoke to God and I told him exactly how I was feeling that grief, that loss, that feeling of uselessness, that not being in control. And I said, please help me, Lord. I wanted out. And I told him I wanted out. I said, take me out of this world or help me in it. But really, I wanted him to take me out of this world. But I didn't want to leave the world because I had my kids. And he was light at the end of my tunnel. I knew he was there. I knew he was real. I had a born again moment 16 years prior to that. So I wasn't going to disregard it. I certainly wasn't going to take my own life. But I was so desperate. I just asked him to help me. And, and that was the beginning. So as the weeks went on, I became stronger. He helped me become stronger. And I reached out in prayer more, started worshipping again. I even went to a French church. And he met with me and I started hearing him again. And he asked me to, he asked me to start writing. He asked me to start blogging and he told me to write about my story. And it was weird. It was funny. I argued with him for a few weeks. I said, no, I wasn't ready. And he was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. You're doing it. And I was like, no, I'm not ready. (laughs) (laughs) So talking about, you know, your depression, when did that actually start? Did it start when you got your prognosis or, or when you couldn't drive? What do you remember, you know, about when that time of depression started for you? It was actually when late teens, early twenties, I attempted suicide. Mm-hmm. So you've been dealing with this a lot of your life. Yeah. What happened? I mean, what, why did you do that at, at that time? Was it just the pressure of the disease or? It actually wasn't anything to do with that at that point. It was another situation. Um, I can't really go into it without revealing. Yeah, that's fine. Names. Yeah. So I'd rather just yeah. leave that there. But um, yeah, I I won't tell you how I did it either because I don't. <laughs> that's no, that's okay. We're glad that you're past it. I just wondered, you know, how yeah. long you have been struggling with it, and then when you realized it, you know, what steps did you take? Did you automatically get a counselor? I mean, I know you started going to church and and praying again, but uh, you also did mention a counselor or therapist. Did that, when did that start helping you? So back um, when I was a teenager, I, I did go to counseling and then this recent, and there was a middle time, which I went through depression and between all of this, that I had uh, went to a Christian counselor and I was on antidepressants and then the latest time, which was four years ago, and I, I'm going to declare it now my last time. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Amen. I agree. Um, with yeah, that was, I, I knew that it was more than just sadness. I knew that I was grieving. I eventually realized that. So I prayed and I asked God and I sought help. I, 
had I got into counselling, um, well, CBT, um, cognitive behavioural therapy. Um, and I was on depressants for a little while. So I, I'm not dis... And when I talk about and talk to clients and things, I don't disregard antidepressants and counselling because God's given us that on this earth. Obviously not to... We're not to use that as our main focus that's not the answer but it's there to help for a period like you said seasons like when things are that intense then sometimes they can they can help um but it's i just will just say it's useful to keep watch on that and how your relationship is with that medication or that counselor is your hope and your trust in that? Are you hung up on it? Are you addicted? Or are you using it for your help for the time being? I think that's the key. <laughs> mm. You just need to be careful with that. Yeah. But yeah, no, so I was having CBT. And then at the, at the same time all this was going on, I was doing um, a university degree. So I was doing it long distance from home six years um, with the Open University, um, doing health and social care, half of which was mental health. Um, so that was towards the end of my marriage and just towards around the time. So, yeah, so I've done that now. But the point was the mental health side of things. Um, it was it was amazing and it opened my eyes up to well, mental health, I had, I could relate to it. And then through prayer time, when I was doing this, God asked me to write a book and I didn't know what it was going to be about. I just knew it was to do with mental health. So yeah, anyway, that, that, I'm going off on one now. <laughs> I, I, yeah. So yeah, submitted, I submitted, gave up myself and it was, the areas, there were parts of my life, like obviously I'd been a Christian for like 15, 16 years prior to that. I'd, I'd had that relationship with him. There was nothing, I was going to say there's nothing wrong with that, but I think the key was there were parts of my life which I still wanted to be in control of, which I had to give up and give to him. So that that was that was the key. That was the point I was trying to make. Yes. Before I went off on one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's fantastic. You know, a lot of times everybody's going through something. And what I've really learned is you may start off thinking or talking about one thing, but then you really dive down into the really root, you know, of it all and how that's helping shape your life you know, overcoming that and the people that you're going to be able to help. I mean, you're a young mother, you have teenagers and, and so thankfully, you know, they are rising up to help you. You're finishing your university degree through all this or have finished it. That is fantastic. I applaud you for that. You know, you're definitely a go-getter. You've got stick-to-itiveness. Even through it all, you are still pressing forward to that call on high and that's that's great that's fantastic you know to plow through all that come through what you've come through and still see a vision for your life and that is what is going to help people 
to know they're not stuck where they are. It's temporary situation. You can overcome those obstacles, whether it's fear, depression, a disease, you may have to make adjustments to live with it. Mm. As far as your disease, you said there's no cure for that, but the others you're going to help other people through situations you don't even know yet. Yeah, definitely. You okay there? Excuse me. Are you all right there? I had a little tickle in my throat. So you're talking about your book is your book about your journey. Um, Where are you at with your book? It was published last January. Fantastic. What is the name? uh, Christian-based cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm just going to quickly jump back a little bit. So I I should say this before I talk about that. Yes. Um, So it was that submittance with God and giving up my control and myself and building and rebuilding that relationship with God and getting to know him by turning my focus off my limitations and everything and onto him and put him at the front of my life. That is when his purpose for my life came around. Because I thought I was going to be going to adult social care after I'd finished my degree. That's what I wanted to do. And I was, that's another reason why I was so devastated. It's like, what is my purpose? What is the point in me? God? Seriously. All, we all think that every day, trust me. <laughs> so tell us how you figured yours out. I'm still trying to figure mine out. <laughs> um, can you I'll say that again, please? So you, I love what you said, your submission to God and building and rebuilding. So you were rebuilding, restarting with God. Not that you didn't believe you just went deeper, right? You went deeper with God. And then that was when your purpose came to light. Yeah. Yeah. It was literally putting him at the forefront of anything, anything and everything. Um, because even have missed everything else a couple of years ago I made a decision I'm not going to say what it is again because obviously I don't want to <laughs> um privacy issues but um I'd made a decision that it was quite a big decision which impacted my life and I clearly wasn't listening to God properly I was praying and I had a relationship with him and the relationship was great but I still made a poor choice I made that poor decision and it impacted almost a year of my life and it so as a point of that and the depression and the fainting and everything else I said to God you know what give everything to you I'm done making choices on my own so now I call him my boss he's my boss (laughs) (laughs) he's definitely our boss on high (laughs) he most certainly is so I start every day um at first it was I had to force it and make this habit but now 
because I did it so much, it's second nature. So I wake up in the morning and before I even open my eyes, I'm praying to him, I'm talking to him. Mm. And then when I open my eyes, I pick up my Bible. So before I even get out of bed, I've spent that time with God. So if anyone has to do that, it can you can 15 minutes, 20 minutes, even five minutes can change your entire day not just your day your well-being your resilience everything (laughs) and most importantly that relationship with God so um yeah that's what I do every day and then as I'm getting ready I listen to worship music and then I sit on my laptop and it's like Lord what are we doing today and that's how I wrote the book I didn't know what I was writing (laughs) (laughs) the first day well, every chapter I didn't know what I was writing. I literally opened my laptop. Lord, what are we going to do today? By the end of the day, done another one. I was like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> so literally just not just praying and asking him, but listening to. And then not just listening, but blinking, doing what we're told as well. <laughs> yes, taking that action. Yeah, taking that action. And it took me, goodness, 15, 16 years to figure that one out. (laughs) I'm glad I'm there now, but um, it took a long time to, you know, it's not about us. It's about him. It's about his will on this earth and for our lives. And that is so much better than what we can even begin to imagine. So even if I'm ill, I can still write. I can still coach from the comfort of my own home. Um, So his purpose came about like that. Anyway, I've gone off track. I was meant to answer your question about the book. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're fine. I love uh, hearing about your story and your journey and what brought you to writing and and how um, that you came to your purpose. You know, I mean, because I feel like a lot of people are searching for their purpose. It doesn't matter, you know, the age. I feel like I'm still honing in on my purpose. <laughs> you know, I, I definitely uh, want to help people, you know, and I want to help them be all that they can be and see a bigger vision for their life. And I love that you're doing the same thing, you know, helping people with their emotional states and overcoming some of those fears or uh, ruts that they may get <clears throat> ruts that they may get in excuse me so I did want so go ahead sorry no I just said that's all right <laughs> you can carry on <laughs> yeah so uh you have the book you were published that in January and you also said something about a blog did you start your blog yeah so I had three year anniversary for, from that last week so um yeah, that's called Mindful of Christ. What's um, it called? Mindful of Christ. Mindful of Christ. Awesome. So again, that's what I talk about in my keynote speech. It's like it, one of the sentences, what is your mind full of? Is it, ne- is it full of negativity or your situation or is it full of Christ? <laughs> so yeah, Mindful of Christ. Yeah, so yeah, it started with that. And it's funny, I look back at it, and I can see, gosh, the beginning of it was a lot of my own journey and my mess. But also, what I learned 
and as it's built and grown it it's now yes what I've learned but each post is like spirit-led and I get got guest posts in um and the whole theme of it is faith and mental health I love that wonderful <clears throat> so you're um I'm gonna switch I know I'm switching between your blog and your book but your book can it where can people purchase that is it on Amazon do you have your own website yeah I have my own website and it's on Amazon and um, okay. so my website is www.mindfulofchrist.net um and I say say it's on Amazon as well now, the title on Amazon is Christian-Based Cognitive Behavioural Therapy and How to Become Mindful of Christ. Okay. I did adapt the front cover, but I can't change the title on Amazon anymore. So I, I call it cognitive, Christian-Based Cognitive Behavioural Therapy. So, yeah, it's a course and a book. So the prologue contains my full testimony um there's a bit on different approaches to mental health it talks about what cognitive behavioral therapy is and then goes on to introduce christian-based cognitive behavioral therapy i talk about mindfulness and then i talk about how to become mindful of christ um and there's scripture references for worry anxiety uh, they're all in there as well at the back of the book, I have testimonies of five, five people that I've discovered. Oh, I was on a few mental health groups, Christian mental health groups, and I reached out and asked if anyone had a testimony where God has helped them through their mental health. Um, so they're in the back of the book. And then the main bulk of the book is there's eight sessions. So I recommend to do it on a weekly or fortnightly basis. People can do it as individuals or small groups. So it's a combination of CBT. So for those of you that don't yet know what CBT is, it's one of the top talking therapies in, in the world. Um, it's basically to helps you to retrain your mind, retrain your focus. So as I talk about a lot, I mentioned it a few times, is focusing off of the negativity or your situation and onto something else. So that's what I wanted this book to be about. That's something else being Jesus, faith, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So yes. it's literally, so it's combining um, practices and techniques of CBT with scripture, biblical meditation, prayer, and there's also a section for journaling after each week and a section for homework as well. Um, so, yeah, it's I'm not I will with my disc disclaimer. I'm not a trained therapist. I have my degree in health and social care. I have a diploma in CBT. I'm working on a diploma in psychology, but I'm not a trained therapist. Um, I'm a coach. I am accredited life coach but I'm not a therapist <laughs> I'll just make that clear <laughs> yeah no that's wonderful well I really feel like you know you have taken your power back taken a positive life stance you know to be an example for your children for your community 
you know, for your family, uh, for your family of God, because there's a lot of, you know, undercover people in the family of God that, that need what you have, that need what we have to share. You know, we want people to rise up, you know, out of that pit because we are made for so much more. All of us are, and we, it's right there. You can just reach out and grab it. But we, like you said, it is a mindset. We have to change our mindset. We have to change our focus, our awareness, you know, and realize we were born for greatness. Our DNA was sown into us, our passions. We don't even know all the things we can do yet. So this is so fabulous. I really feel the spirit of God here with us talking. And I just really can't wait for the next thing for you, Lauren. What is that next thing that you're going well you said your psychology degree but beyond that what what are you thinking god is leading you toward something exciting i can feel it <laughs> mm-hmm. um well from the book he brought me to coaching and that was that was incredible in itself and um, so there's a story behind it if you want to hear it <laughs> Yes, please share. I'm just thinking. This thinking is your time. time have you got? <laughs> <laughs> this is your time. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so I'd asked a friend if she'd be a guinea pig for my book when it was published. And so she said she would. And then she asked if I'd go, it, go through it with her. So we did it on Zoom. And we went through it each week and bless her she she did so well she was like an a star student she did all the work she did everything she needed to do and she raved about it so much she got two other people going through it and doing it with me as well um so and then I think it was however many much longer later not much longer later a couple of weeks or a month um still going through this with a couple of the people and in a prayer meeting, we were praying about something completely different. And God said to me, I want you to do one-to-ones. I was like, huh, what was that now? <laughs> I'm going to write that down, God, but we're praying about something else. So I'll get back to you later. <laughs> I've learned to get back to him and not ignore him and do what I'm told. Exactly. So I got, yeah. <laughs> so I got back to him and I pushed at the counseling door and that remained firmly shut um and then I was on a call with this lady from Baltimore and it was just a chat casual chat nothing behind it I didn't know what we were going to talk about but the Holy Spirit did and it was full of the Holy Spirit and by the end of the chat I knew I was going to be a coach (laughs) she'd sent me a link and that evening I'd signed up (laughs) um to this coaching certification so yeah I'd like to say the rest is history um started with life on fire and finished my training set up set up shop (laughs) and yeah been coaching so the main focus is mindset so I have packages in um limiting beliefs confidence resilience Um, But I've also been asked so many times to help with tech and the business side of things. So I also have packages in business. So identifying your purpose, setting up business, marketing and strategy. Um, So, yeah, I I 
do that as well. I know it's broad, but that's what happened. That's what I was told to do. So um, <laughs> that's okay. what I'm coaching. <coughs> Speaking as well now, which was another thing I wasn't expecting, but God was most certainly in that too. And it's just crazy. These last few weeks have been phenomenal. It started with doing some just podcast interviews and that went up too. So I have two or three a week now. And then other people started asking me and then I had this interview. (laughs) So my keynote speaker from my summit, he's in America, he was saying he was due to go on a tour and um, come over to the UK, London and do a talk. Anyway, he asked me if I'd head up this conference with him in London. And I was like, this is a time where I was like, I was still a bit of anxiety. I wasn't leaving the house on my own. So in my head, I was like, how is this even possible? And I just came back to him and said, look, I'll I'll pray about it. I'll get back to you. Anyway, a month later, during some prayer time, God told me to text and message this guy back. And I was like, huh? How is this going to be possible, Lord? But I listened to him and I messaged the guy and I said, yes, okay. (laughs) In my head, I was just like, oh, (laughs) panicked. (laughs) But it was weird because I was in an interview the day after and it was a live 15 minute Instagram interview. And literally at the end of the interview, this woman, I didn't mention anything about speaking. I hadn't at this point, I hadn't mentioned it to anybody. Only he knew. And um, at the end, she goes, so I see you on a stage talking and then she literally cut off the live and then that was it and I was left sat there thinking whoa (laughs) what huh (laughs) (laughs) so I messaged her saying why did you just say that and she said that um a month or two prior God had told her to prophesy over her interviewees and she just had this image on stage and she just wanted to have me on stage and wanted to share it And I told her what he'd said to me the night before about this event and speaking. And she goes, that was like confirmation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's just like, and since then, I've stopped asking people for speaking. (laughs) I had two people out of the blue yesterday ask me to speak. for. uh, I've got a conference in December and. I've literally just before I came on this call with you, I had to do a recording for Risen Messenger Conference. Oh, I've just, sorry, a little promo there. I didn't mean to do that. (laughs) Sorry. No problem. Um, Yeah, sorry, but you can cut that if you want. But um, yeah, so yeah, recording for that. It just seems to be coming my way now. So I'm just listening and obeying and doing what he, doing what I'm told. yeah and I had an exciting one last week that was Elevation TV as well so but it's weird because this sort of thing I would have been petrified about but because God's just so much in it I'm just like "Ah, okay (laughs) it was one (laughs) o'clock in the morning last week that TV Elevation one and I was like I was ready to I thought I was going to be interviewed and she was like 
I got on there, it was one o'clock in the morning, she was like, right, I just want you to speak. And I'm like, rabbit in headlights, underneath us like a duck on water. <laughs> you know what? I was just like, prior to that, I was like, Lord, just do what you want with me. Just let your Holy Spirit speak. And I spoke for 50, five zero minutes. <laughs> um, but it was just, it was just spirit led, God led. And just, I'm just doing what I'm told these days. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key, isn't it? We just we just need to listen and obey. <laughs> yes, yes, obedience. Yes, obedience is where the blessing is and where your prosperity is. And your message that you have, I'm so happy, Lauren, that you are doing keynote speaking. I mean, those are God-sized dreams, right? So it's nothing within our power. We need him to raise up those God-sized dreams inside of us. And that sounds like exactly what's happening, you know, to you and for you. And what happens to you does happen for you. And I'm so happy, you know, that you had the time today, Lauren, to speak with me. It sounds like we've went from your diagnosis disease. You know, you were clinically depressed. You've overcame those things. You're living with your disease. You have people around you that love you to support you, not only your family, but friends. You've already got how many degrees? I thought I heard a lot. I heard like two or three in there. I've got one degree and um, psychology is a diploma. So yeah. Yes, so that is, that's fantastic. You started your coaching business, your one-on-one, you're doing keynote speaking, you've got your book out there. You know, sometimes we just need to sit down and take inventory, you know, of what we have accomplished because through God's power and in him that he's put in us, we have accomplished a lot, but we don't really see it. And take time to celebrate it. Have you had a celebration? You need to have a celebration for your accomplishments because they are fantastic. You know, don't forget. I'm laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you laughing? Tell me. (laughs) I I feel like, um, yeah, I've been told off for that. And God's like, that's the second, third time this week that I've been asked that. (laughs) Or not just ask that, but that subjects come up. And the thing is, I didn't with my degree because of COVID, I didn't have the um, graduation uh-huh. and published the book because of COVID, just nothing. I haven't really celebrated anything. But when I got my first client, I said to my son, look, we need to celebrate this. We need to start celebrating things. And we went out for dinner. Um, so, yeah, but yeah, I need to start. That, <laughs> but yes, it's just you like, do. It's weird because in my head, it's just like, I'm just going to give glory to God. Thank God. And I'll crack on yes. with the next thing. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm so, so happy. I need to stop and just recognize that, you know yes. what? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. you have, yeah. You have to celebrate the wins. You know, even with the Lord, we have wins. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to be happy. You know, they had like in the Old Testament, I don't know, three feasts every year, you know, to celebrate. So you can have one celebration. So one thing I want to say before we leave, I want you to share your contact information, but my motto for the new year is all things new in 2022. So I want people to get in that mindset. We're leaving COVID behind, you know, I'm sure the flu was like this at some point in history, you know, and now we're all good with that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's time to move forward. It is time to take the reins and take action for God and really help people pull out of this. There are more followers than leaders and you are definitely a leader in Christ. 
a leader in the emotional health space. And I'm so happy to have met you. And I would love for you to tell us where that people can contact you and um, just get connection with you. Thank you. Um, again, so my website is www.mindfulofchrist.net. I'm also across social media, so most platforms, but the ones where I'm most present is um, Facebook. So I've got page and the group is called Mindful of Christ Improving Mental Health. And that's where, that's my baby. That's my community. Um, that's where we pray and support one another. That's where I do lives. Um, yeah. And Instagram and YouTube as well. Again, mindful of Christ. Thank you. And do you have a email? People could email you. Yeah, it's Lauren at mindfulofchrist.net. Okay. Fantastic. Well, it has been such a pleasure to speak with you today. We can't wait uh, to see what other great things are going to come from you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's yes. been lovely. It's been lovely chatting. <laughs> well, thank you so much and God bless. And we will be in touch for sure. Thanks, Pamela. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. Bye.